That's right. Podcast mode. Ugh. Get into it, guys. Come on. There it is. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mark Weppet Speaks. I am your self-mastery coach, Mark Weppet, and I'm here to help you step beyond your limits and unleash your apex potential. And how are, how are all of you guys doing today? Hopefully, you're doing very well, my bros and my ladies. This is not just a podcast for men anymore. Uh, it kind of was for a very long time, but you know what? Everyone's welcome here today. So if you're a lady and you're listening, go ahead and leave a comment. I'll... I'll uh, I'll give you a shout out or something or heart your comment. <laughs> so got some really cool stuff I want to be talking to you guys about today. Um, Namely, I'm going to be talking about the three different pieces of you. Okay. Like the way that I see it is we've got our head, we've got our heart and we've got our gut. And if you don't know how to work with all three of these pieces inside of you, then you're probably leaving a lot of power on the table. Um, many of you have probably explored the dichotomy between the head and the heart. You know, it's like emotions versus thinking, and that's what I've focused on a long time. But that third element, the gut, can really be the game changer when you learn how to work with that as well. And so I think a lot of you guys will get a big kick out of this, and you'll probably see some some pattern inside of yourself that uh, you know once corrected for will really help you take things to the next level. At least I know that that's the way it's been for me because I've been very much a head and heart person with uh, a, a deficient gut for a while. The instinctual part of me, I didn't I didn't quite know how to tap into that. Well, I did when I was very young, but then I then I lost it, which I will explain. But first, I got to take a drink of my nasty drink. Oh, that's that's bad. Um, so today, what am I drinking? I'm not drinking apple cider vinegar this time. It's uh, it's actually mushroom tea, which is just really bad. It's like this four sigmatic stuff. It's just it doesn't taste good, but it's supposed to be good for you. I don't know. It might have a little bit of a nootropic effect. Uh, is it nootropic or nootropic? Someone tell me how to say that. Is it nootropic or nootropic? I don't actually know. I just know there's two O's in a row. Um, <laughs> but so it's that mixed with a there's like a ginger I put a ginger tea in it as well it's my my second tea of the day second herbal tea of the day I think I might be coming turning into an herbal tea guy I went to I tried to go to a different library this morning to do some work actually on this podcast and when I got there they said excuse me sir do you have a mask and I said no so like, here I can get one for you and I said no thanks and I left uh, because it seems like, I guess, some libraries up here, you need to wear a mask in the whole time. Other ones you don't. Uh, and so I went at this really cool, like, like Eastern tea house 
and they gave me Rubio's tea or Roybo's tea. Another thing I don't know how to pronounce. I'm, I'm not feeling smart today, but I'm sure this topic will, <laughs> will change your mind about me and I will earn your trust back. Um, all right, so let's get into this here. Head, heart, and gut, okay? These are kind of like the, the main, you can think of them as the main sub-personalities inside of you. They are the, the pieces of you that have very distinct voices that if you learn how to listen to them and interact with them, then you're going to be able to not only, well, you're going you're to do a lot of stuff. So let, let's just, let me, let me break down the main powers. You're probably going to be able to get it, guess it, but let's, let's just go through it from, from the basics, from the, from the beginning, okay? So your head, obviously, your brain, okay, you know, this is, it tells you how to make, it, it tells you the truth. That's the main purpose of your brain. Not even the truth necessarily. It's supposed to tell you what makes sense, you know, from sometimes, <laughs> ideally it tells you the truth, but really it's just supposed to allow you to make sense of your environment enough so that you can ultimately reproduce. Um, at least that's the evolutionary theory, right? But if it's well-trained, it will move you closer to the truth and it can solve complex problems, see uh, uh, unique opportunities, that sort of thing. M hopefully most of you know how to use your head and tap into that and use your rationality. If not, I don't know, go to school, pick up a Rubik's Cube, something like that. Um, actually, I'll talk a little bit more about how you can develop these things later, but that's the head. The heart, okay? What's the heart supposed to do? The heart's supposed to tell you what matters, okay? This is the emotional center. I'm not actually talking about the physical mus muscle at known as the heart. I'm talking about the the bundle of, I don't know what we call them, neurons, or uh, just all the machinery in here that seems to produce most of your emotive feeling, okay? And this part's important because it tells you what matters in the world, right? Like, you can't navigate through the world unless you know what is important, like what you care about, what you want, right? The head will tell you what logically will make more sense, but it won't tell you what you want, okay? And so you need to know what you want. You need to have some kind of direction, um, and your heart can do that when it's properly trained, okay? Um, then we've got our gut, okay? And our gut, as far as I can tell, is concerned with power, okay? The person who masters their gut becomes a force that demands to be reckoned with, with whatever environment that they're in. Uh, it's related to like status, uh, sexual power, charisma, um, or even just brute force. Okay, it kind of rec represents the the more instinctual, physical self. Okay, and this trio here inside of you, it's supposed to be like the three musketeers. They're supposed to be like the ultimate bros who like team up and tackle any problem together. Um, but most of us were very lopsided in some form or another. We either over rely on our head or over rely on our heart or whatever. And we'll get into that in a second. But first, here's just like some archetypes, some, some popular kind of ideas that, uh, or representations of people who kind of, in my opinion, uh, personify these characteristics. So if we're going to look at superheroes, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd, or at least a past nerd. I don't really do that stuff anymore because I don't have time because <laughs> I'm too busy living my own life. Um, but back when I would read all of this other stuff, I was very immersed in uh, superhero stuff, fa sci-fi, fantasy, popular, you know, c culture and whatnot. And I, I loved the different stories that showed different kinds of heroes. And so the head... Like someone who's very like uh, head heavy, that would be someone like Sherlock Holmes 
or Iron Man, you know, those, those intellects, right? The heart, this is kind of like most main characters in most stories. They have at least, they have to have at least some kind of heart component in order for it to be compelling. But a lot of times that can be just it, right? In a lot of ways, like Captain America is kind of like the heart hero or uh, Naruto, if you've you've ever watched that, and I know all of you have, don't even pretend like you haven't, and if you haven't, you know what, I'm going to recommend it, I'm going to recommend Naruto, if you hate on it, well then you're an idiot, because it's truly a uh, wonderful journey, and it'll take you several years to get through it, unless you binge it, which it'll then just take you uh, a year to get through it, um, and then like things like Harry Potter, or whatever, like Harry Potter, he has no, he's not cool, he's not good at anything, he's not particularly smart, he's not like a total chad, He's just, he just does what's right. And that alone can lead to a uh, compelling story. And then we've got the gut, okay? This, is, this would be like the Wolverines, okay? Like Wolverine, um, <clears throat> and then if you've ever watched One Piece, Luffy, he's probably like, the, uh, he's a perfect example of someone who's all gut, like all instinct. <laughs> um, so hopefully that makes some sense to you guys, but what we want to get into now is like what what does progression look like what does developing our connection to these parts of ourselves let us do okay well the head what it's supposed to do if it's getting good is it should tell the truth right that's what i was kind of alluding to earlier the more our rational faculty is developed, the more sense we can make of the world and the less we lie to ourselves the more we can kind of take disparate pieces of information and organize them so that they they fit together and make sense. Now, with all of with with all three of these things, there's a flip side where it's like you can kind of deny the intrinsic function and get a short little bit of power. So for the head here, you're supposed to be telling yourself the truth as much as possible, but if you stop doing that, if you tell yourself lies, you can get some advantages from that and that mostly that you can live in your own delusions. You're not forced to change. You're able to avoid unpleasant realities, which might be, might waylay some pain <laughs> in some, in, in, for a period at least, but that's always going to catch up with you. Okay. The heart, I would be that, I would say that the heart's job is to love. Okay. That's obvious, right? But what does that actually mean? I think what that means is to an honor your intrinsic dignity, um, and then the dignity of other people. And what does this practically amount to is the capacity to pursue win-wins truly with other people. Um, and that's how you find a path in many ways. Like my work here is the result of me trying to figure out how I can use what I'm good at and what I care about to not only serve myself for so I can win, but then so everybody can win, right? That's, that's, the, that's the path of the hero. Do the good thing and everybody wins. That's the aim, right? But there's uh, the dark side says that there is a power to shutting down your heart, learning how to be cold and hard, learning how to not care about what other people think and really be willing to hurt them because screw them. It's all about me. Right. And for sure, there's some kind of power in that you can avoid the, the pain of compassion. You can avoid the, the struggle of trying to uh, integrate with the world and seek harmony and peace. And you can just seek selfishness, whatever that means for you. Maybe it just means uh, zoning out and doing absolutely nothing with your life, or maybe it means dominating other people cruelly or whatever it is. Uh, plenty of people like to shut down their hearts because uh, keeping them open, keeping them evolving, it's uh, it's an imitation of pain for sure. It's voluntary. 
but if you don't do that, well, I think you're still going to hit pain anyway, probably a lot more of it, but it's going to come involuntarily. And uh, I think, I don't know if I have to explain that to you guys. You're all pretty smart. I think you know what happens if you go cold and hard and uh, just kind of reject the world. At least I would hope so. Now, the gut, what is the purpose of the gut? Okay, The gut is here to help you cultivate power. That's what the gut's about. The gut is entirely concerned with power. All right. And you can think of this as status games. You can think of this as like reading like the, the, the instinctual powers inside of us. And some people like to repress their instincts because they can be confusing. They can, if you don't know how to work with them properly, they can lead you astray. You know, your instincts are what tell you that, you know, you should be eating junk food a lot. Okay. Um, and so people think, oh, you shouldn't, shouldn't trust this part of you. It's, it's primitive. It's stupid. Um, and it's not, it's actually, it can be very intelligent if it's trained, just like all of these faculties. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll look at what they look like when they're in a second, how they're what they look like when they're overemphasized or underemphasized. But in general, a healthy gut is where you're going to find your power. And this is something that I've been really tuning into lately because I've I've been a guy for the past my adult life mostly. I've been very heavily focused on the head and the heart, which is lucky because it's two out of three. You know, it's not just <laughs> it's not just one of them, like many people are. Uh, but still, you do really need all three to reach your potential. Now, let's see here. What, what happens when you do get lopsided? What happens when you go too much head or too much heart? Well, if you're over-reliant on your head faculty, your rational faculty, this doesn't necessarily mean you're smart, despite what people who do this think. They think, oh, I'm the most rational person here. Um, it just means that you overly rely on your own reasoning. And your reasoning is only as good as your inputs and your IQ, okay? Because there are dumb people, like technically low IQ people, who overemphasize their rationality. And then they just think that, oh, well, since I, when, when I think 2 plus 2 and I calculate that in my head and it equals five, then clearly that's it because that's how my rationality works. And it's just, that doesn't, that's not necessarily effective. Um, and then if you don't have those other pieces, then you might not even know you're wrong. Because usually if your rationality is correct, you're going to find some resist, or if your rationality is incorrect, you're going to find some resistance, some conflict in your heart or in your gut eventually. And that will force you to uh, recalculate things to adjust your reasoning. Um, so those kinds of people in general, what will happen is that maybe they'll fall into analysis by paralysis. Uh, they can be, uh, like, like, so what I mean by that? So the, the rational person, they will try and find that optimum path like all the time. They're always going to try and figure out what's the right thing I should be doing. This is something I've definitely fallen into. And then you, you really get stuck uh, particularly when there are multiple viable paths. Like rationally, I could go this way, this way, or this way, or this way. All of these work. Which one do I choose? I don't know. <laughs> right? Like something, a scenario where that would show up would be if, say, you're buying a car or buying anything, okay? And there are multiple products that are comparable. It's like, should I get this one or this one? They have very similar specs from similar companies. 
I don't know which one to choose. And then they just spend like forever reading reviews because they can't freaking pick something. And if we're going to take like another issue of someone who is over-reliant on their head, on their rationality, is that then they kind of become interpersonally dumb. Um, and also dumb inside their own interactions with themselves because they don't know how to read their emotions. They don't know how to read other people's emotions. They don't know how to account for them. And they usually end up very uncharismatic and uh, kind of unpersuasive. So this is this is the guy who comes to a like meeting or who's trying to win an argument purely from rationality alone. He says he points out the stats and he points out the figures and he's got a PowerPoint presentation all lined up and he says, why can't you follow my reasoning? Um, meanwhile, the person with some flash and glam and some marketing savvy wins all the votes, right? They're the one who, who gets everybody behind them because that other person knows how to speak to people. He knows how to appeal to more than just the brain. Now, of course, there's use to facts and figures and all that kind of stuff, but it has to be wrapped in a holistic package, okay? Now, if you underemphasize your rationality, you're going to be uh, making easily avoidable mistakes, obviously, right? Like, the, you just, you're not going to be thinking things through. And then also, you can be very easily brainwashed. So if you underemphasize the head, well, then someone's just got to be able to twist, their, twist your emotions or appeal to your instincts. And if you're low skill in both of those, then what's going to happen is then you're going to be manipulated and might be tricked into doing something stupid. This is what the majority of advertising functions off of it. A lot of people, they do not really, they think they're rational, but they're not. (laughs) They don't really think things through and uh, they think they are. And so all you got to do is pull on their heartstrings or make them feel some fear or maybe just make them feel something physical like like uh, lust or make them feel like a hunger or something like that, which is why, you know, McDonald's is so effective that it appeals to that uh, primal part of you that wants fat and sugar and, and that kind of thing, like fast and easy. Uh, it also is why politicians can just put out emotional BS and get people to follow them because people don't think things through, right? So that's the head. Heart is when you like, so overemphasis of heart would be when you're overly concerned with your opinions and feelings or struggles, okay, of yourself or other people. So an example of this would be someone who overgives to others around them. So you, you guys might know these these kind of martyr type characters who feel like they just need to help everybody. Oh, the, oh this person's suffering, so I, I just need to I need to give myself to them. Like I think there's there's a bunch of mothers out there who are like that. They will over like care for their kids. It's like oh my baby's hurting. I need to I need to you know not take care of myself anymore so I can take care of them. And then what ends up happening for people like this? is that they will get taken advantage of, they will run themselves into the ground, they will overextend themselves, and because of that, they actually become less effective helpers of other people, their own life goes goes crappy, and then at some point, they usually fall into some kind of resentment, it's like, nobody appreciates what I do, and that kind of thing. Um, it's also the person who relies on their heart is the person who demands stupid solutions to things that make them emotionally upset. So... For example, this would be the people who think like uh, like their nation shouldn't have borders. 
you know, I'm going to go ahead. It, that sounds political, but I think it's just pretty cut and dry. It's like, everybody should be able to come to my country, no matter what, and we should give them all free health care, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, how? How are we going to do that? How's that actually going to work out? Like, if we're going to, example, United States. If we let everybody come in, what's going to prevent the entire third world from streaming into our country? Well, how does that work? How do we support them? They don't know, they don't speak an language language and it's not going to be integrated it's going to be uh, you know a horrible thing you know it's like, that would be the rational argument against these kinds of things you know and you need to be able to think things through a little bit further now if you underemphasize the heart you're not going to find meaning you're not going to find fulfillment you're not going to find real relationships you're not going to find any of that kind of stuff and it gets a little bit weird too sometimes when people underemphasize the heart aspect uh, is like they'll actually get angry a lot of times because they don't want to feel they don't want to feel compassion for other people they don't want to feel the pain of other people and it actually can lead to people getting mad at people who they actually feel compassionate towards there is a a member of my family who is like this they actually have a tremendously large heart they're actually uh, an empath but the problem that they run into is that they get sick of feeling other people's pain, and so they they lash out at those people. They get mad at those people. They you know push them away or are mean to them, and the reason is because they feel bad for them, but they don't know how to handle that compassion, and they don't want to feel that other person's pain, and so they just get pissed at it. They close their heart off, and it doesn't really work out super well for them uh, or the people around them. Now, the gut, which, again, I think is the most interesting right now, is pretty cool. So <laughs> when you look at the dichotomy of them, someone who overemphasizes the gut, that's someone who is more, you, you can think of them as more primitive, okay? They could be primitive in a living sense, like a lifestyle sense. They might be the person who just lives a very simple lifestyle about, you know, subsistence. All they want to do is, you know, have their food and have their, their safety and then they're fine. Okay, that's that's one way it can go. It's like they're just too tuned into their own primal comforts, um, but it can also take other forms as well. So this could be the guy who is like the the stereotypical douchebag alpha. All right, and what this will like amount to is that they can be like the big fish, but usually in the small pond. So they're working a crap job, but they're the tough guy on the site. No one pushes them around. They're the, they're top dog, but they're also not advancing their life at all. They're kind of in a dead end state and they realize that they don't have the status that they want, but they keep tough guying all around and that's preventing them from advancing, right? It's like, oh, I'm not going to read a book. That's gay. <laughs> okay. That's, that's one way it can go. Uh, for women, it's kind of like the, the woman who just puts everything in the physical basket. It's like, ah, oh, I'm just going to be hot that's my life plan. And okay, you know, you can get somewhere with that, but you're not probably going to get exactly to where you want. It's not going to lead you to somewhere fully fulfilling. You can have some power, but not as much as you could have if you learn how to live in balance. Now, if you reject the gut, if you inject, reject the instinctual aspect of yourself, where you're going to end up though is pretty low energy because this kind of stuff, it's it might be frowned upon by your intellectual, the highfalutin academic aspect of yourself might think that, oh, this primal stuff's silly. Who needs to play these stupid social status games? Blah, 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 blah. Well, okay. 
socially it matters. Like we are still human. We are kind of like these meat machines with all these pre-built social programs inside of us. And to neglect that, to refuse to play these primal games means that you are going to be putting a massive limit on how far you can advance socially. Okay. Cause if you don't know how to read energy, like if you're just kind of socially clueless, like that's, that's what a lot of, uh, the gut stuff is, is like social dynamics. Um, it's also, uh, keyed into just straight physical energy, right? Like how well do you take care of your body? How strong are you? All that kind of stuff. And further it, you know, if you're disconnected from your gut, you're going to be bad romantically. Bottom line, you're not going to be a, a good lover. You're not going to be interesting. You're not going to be charismatic. You're going to lack that personal gravitas. Okay. So you need to have that primal pl part in place and firing. If you really want to be a powerful, confident, charismatic, compelling individual. <laughs> uh, time for some of my nasty tea. I gotta, I gotta figure out how do I, some, give me some, some, give me some suggestions of what to drink to avoid losing my voice when I talk. I feel like anytime I talk on these, uh, these podcasts, my voice is always like <coughs> after like five minutes. Maybe it's just because I'm like I'm excited, my vocal cords are tensing up. I don't know what it is. Um, anyway, so we talked about overemphasis and number underemphasis of these things. Now let's talk about how do we progress. In these because there's different levels of development in all of these uh, spheres um, and these are spheres like if you guys want to hear something kind of cool all right you know the the symbol I use like the the circle with the two bigger circles inside and then the three smaller circles okay so the big circle that's our full consciousness the three smaller ones inside are head heart and gut and then the two that form there, that's like what I would, this, that, that's, that's the tension that forms. The, the, the push and pull between the uh, rational self, the pursuit of truth, and then the, the drive of instinct. And they should be anchored and ordered by our heart, by our, our sense of dignity in, this, in ourselves and others. So that's just a little side thing. But the, the goal is to develop all of these fully so that we can become complete humans, completely ourselves. And if you've been following my previous videos, then you know that that's, that's really what I'm, I'm all about. This idea of protagonism is like, how can you become you? How can you become the truest you, the, the, the most authentic, the most powerful, the most uh, intelligent, the most loving version of you? And you need all three. <laughs> so, progressing. Right? If you want to progress your head faculty, your rational faculty, then really one of the biggest things that you're going to be going after is stronger second order thinking. And if you haven't heard of that, if you don't know what that is, second order thinking is the capacity to basically run simulations in your mind. So you want to be able to say, all right, if I take this path, well, then this will happen, which will then lead to this happening, which will then lead to this happening, which will then lead to this happening. Which then... So people with very high rational faculties, they can run big, complex simulations in their brain and see what the long-term effects of any course of action might be, at least to some extent, right? And you got to be able to do this 
to some degree. And depending upon the field that you're trying to advance in, you might need this a lot. Like if you are a, someone who's running a business in a competitive field, in an emerging field, you got to be able to think, you got to be able to imagine how things will play out if you do something. And let's say you want to strengthen this. Well, there's a really simple way to do it. It's just learn, right? Read stuff, read a lot of stuff, get a lot of inputs, get a lot of facts, get a lot of information. And you don't necessarily need all of it, but, and part of intelligence is knowing what to pay attention to and what not, but just feeding yourself, educating yourself in some form or another is going to increase your rational power. Um, and then if you want to take it further, another really useful thing to do is to study mental models. So you can Google mental models. There's a few really cool resources on it. Um, like uh, Farnham street. There's another guy. I can't remember his name, but just Google mental models. Uh, a guy named George Mack. Uh, he's got some good stuff on it. And these are ways to condense complex, like decision-making processes into simple, usable axioms and uh, tool sets so that you can be smarter with less effort. So that kind of stuff can be very useful. Same with understanding, uh, really just understanding the other parts of the how the psyche works too, like understanding persuasion. There's a lot of great books on persuasion, like the stuff of uh, Robert Cialdini, like he's got uh, uh, influ the book Influence, uh, the book Persuasion. both of those are really, really useful uh, as well. And, you know, you study copywriting, you study psychology, these kinds of things, obviously very, very helpful. Okay. And the, the fundamental way to increase your rational power is to ask questions. This is where I got really lucky when I was younger because I was blessed enough to have parents who heavily emphasized reading when I was young. And I, be, I was a voracious reader when I was young. And if, you're, if you read a lot when you're young, you're, you're just by nature going to be good at school. Um, and so because of that, I was good at school and I didn't really need to study a ton. And I would get bored in class and since I was bored, I just started like around like probably third, fourth grade, fourth grade with Mrs. Fontana. I just started to ask questions, try to figure out how, like what question could I ask that would stump the teacher? And this became like a game that I would play mostly like I'd started because I was bored, but looking back at it, what it does is it forces you to start looking for interesting parts of interesting gaps in your knowledge and it creates portals to more knowledge. The person who doesn't ask any questions, their capacity to develop their mind is gonna be very limited, okay? So if you can learn how to get curious just by looking at something and asking a question, right? If, if you grew up in an environment where asking questions were shut down or you're never given answers or anything like that, that's gonna be a, a severe disservice, which is why I think modern school systems suck because they pretty much just want to turn you into a cog. They just want to turn you into like a little, a little robot who can absorb and regurgitate some facts, who can be a good little worker bee, can just listen to the manager at the top. And what is it? I've heard people talk about this as it's a, uh, like a, a holdover from in, like the industrialization because back when we were a very industrial country, you know, and the Western world was a industrial powerhouse. That's what schools were designed to do. They're designed to turn you into a, a good little factory worker. But 
today, if you just only know how to follow orders, you're going to be, you're going to be setting yourself up to get screwed because there aren't too many super sure paths anymore. Um, you know, in the old days, it was just like graduate school, you got a job and you stay in the job and then you can buy a house and you can have a family. And today it's not quite that easy, right? Like everyone goes to college and a lot of the people who go to college, they just got crap jobs because your college degree doesn't mean that much and you don't actually make enough to cover your student loans and then you get laid off and then you get, you know, there's a moving, shifting economy that seems like it's all crashing, but you're not smart enough to ask questions and see the areas of opportunity that exist. So try and avoid that. Educate yourself, read, ask questions, level up your brain, okay? <laughs> now, moving on to the heart. What does it look like to level up your heart? Really, what I think it comes down to is the capacity to understand and speak the deeper desires in yourself and others and speak to the deeper desires in yourself and others. All right. So what does this practically look like? Well, here's an example. So imagine someone comes to you and they're mad at you about something. Someone with a high heart cap capability knows what that person's actually mad about. And sometimes what they're mad about is exactly what they're confronting you about. But very often it's not. All right. Like, so for example, my wife, sometimes she comes in, she's in a bad mood and it seems like it's about this one thing, but usually I can see through it and it's like, oh no, it's this other thing here. Uh, do you, I think maybe you just need a hug <laughs> and that solves it. Right. Instead of trying to focus on the thing that she's complaining about, I can see, oh, there's something else going on here. Right. And this goes with ourselves as well. This is a very important thing, especially if you're trying to work through any sort of compulsive behaviors or bad habits or depression or whatever, is you got to be able to get down into the heart of the heart of what you want. Okay. Because if you don't know what you deeply want, then you're going to just end up like dealing with the tertiary effects of some kind of dissatisfaction. So for example, you know, I've done a lot of work around helping guys quit porn. Now, some guys in some instances, when they are triggered to watch porn, it's just because they're horny. But I would argue that most guys who have a porn problem, the reason they turn toward porn is because there's some deeper issue at play. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe they're lonely. Maybe they are confused about what they're supposed to do with their life. Maybe they feel insecure. And having a higher level of uh, heart faculty is going to allow you to drill into that stuff and address these things on a deeper, more holistic level. And plus, it's going to allow you to actually be with yourself in that struggle. You're going to be able to love yourself and be able to support yourself, be able to drive yourself forward. Okay. Um, and it's also <laughs> knowing when your emotions are wrong, because sometimes they are. Sometimes you have emotions that come up that are just surface level emotions, like similar to what I was talking about with my wife, who's, you know, I'm not saying she's, she's always like this. In fact, she's very intuitive and overwhelmingly uh, emotionally developed in a lot of instances. But like within your own self, sometimes you'll have or with other people, sometimes you'll have these things that come up and you these feelings you're like, ah, that that's not really what I feel. That's what I mean. That's what I'm feeling now. But that's that's not the root of it. And I, I know I can ignore that. I can ignore that little blip of frustration toward my two-year-old. Uh, <laughs> and having that capability is um, useful. So you can act on what's real opposed to what just seems to be real to you on first glance. 
So learning how to slow down and sink into that deeper heart-based intelligence is very, very useful. And if we're going to codify that into something very specific, then that's what I was talking about in that whole spiritual helix model I was going on about in my previous podcast where you have to purify your desires. You got to boil them down and you got to find out what's underneath. And so a lot of times it's similar to intelligence where you got to ask questions, right? Instead of just saying, how does this work though? You're going to say, well, what's really going on? What do I really care about here? What am I really missing? So that's the heart and that's how you progress in the heart is, you know, understanding your desires and the desires of other people. So let's move on to the gut now. How do you increase your power in the gut? Well, what this is about is learning how to find the higher yield power plays. All right. So it's about finding the signals inside of yourself that lead to a more powerful form of living. And what does power mean? Well, it means like energy, drive, vitality, um, leverage. All right. And so we can break this into a few different categories, uh, but it's all on this instinctual plane. So food and body is one great example of this. So when you, when it comes to food choices, you're going to have one part of your gut that's like very, you know, uh, attracted to the junk food stuff. Because like we're talking about, like we are designed to find sugar and high fat and all kinds of stuff like that. Very appealing because, you know, you can, I've talked about, does does everybody know this? I think everybody knows this. It's like you want that stuff because back in the hunter-gatherer ancestor times, like, you know, you didn't have calories all the time. Like you didn't have high nutrition available to you. And so when you could get a bunch of high density calories, you just wanted it right? Like you wanted to get it because that could protect you from a a future famine, right? So that's one part of it. But that's just one layer of the instinctual thing. There's other signals in there as well. So if you stop and you listen to your body, when it comes to make a food choice, there's another voice in there that says, oh, this is actually going to make me feel stronger, right? And I talked about this back in the man of action series in the brain bridging video, which, uh, got a pretty good response where I was talking like, if you wanted to eat healthier, what you have to do is you got to pay attention to a different part of your internal like calculations. You got to pay attention to the part that's aware of what's going to make you feel stronger. So it's like between a bunch of cookies versus like, you know, some lean meat and some vegetables. Okay. The lean meat and vegetables, like if you consider it one part of you saying, Oh, that will actually make, give me more energy. That'll give me more vitality. Give me more focus. Right. Um, at least it will think that if it's been trained. And so that's part of it is dietary training. Okay. Uh, but it also keys into the body, right? Like if you train your gut, if you train your primal self like this, your, your deeply primal self like this, it, it, it'll get hooked into physical activity will get hooked into training. Um, and so if you've developed a lifestyle where you lift weights, you run, you, you do all this kind of stuff, eventually your body, it craves it. Like right now, anyone who's worked out for a while knows that at, at a certain point, it's harder to stop working out because your body hates it 
doesn't like it. Like you feel, you feel the atrophy. You feel like your muscles get sore. Uh, you you feel sluggish and yucky and shitty. And so that part of you that says, "Hey, get out there, go for that run," or "Hey, get out there, you got We got to lift some some heavy weights. That's that's you listening to your that primal self. That's you developing your your gut, your gut instinct. All right. Now, it also shows up in the interpersonal world, uh, and in helping you understand what's the right move to position yourself uh, more powerfully. So, someone with an underdeveloped uh, gut instinct, they might argue tooth and nail so that they can win in an argument, all right? They might be that that dick who just has to be right, who has to win, who has to put the other person down and prove their argument is superior. We've all we've all talked to people like this and many of us have been that person. I know I have been that person. Now, the problem with this is that yes, that power play puts you in a dominant position in that conversation. But what about the bigger picture? If you're that that know-it-all all the time, well that's actually going to lower your social status, which ultimately is putting you in a position where you're in a lower power position, all right? Like if you can be the guy who can rise above things that are petty and unnecessary to waste energy on, well then, you know, that's that's <laughs> that's useful, right? You can become a more uh, influential person. Another example of this is say you are having kind of like a a like tough guy clash where it's like some guy who wants to be the alpha of a situation. He wants to be the tough guy comes in, calls all the shots, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, this, this kind of stuff actually gets hilarious when you look at the pickup artist community. Um, there's this idea of an AMOG, an alpha male of the group. Okay. So like every group supposedly has got an alpha male who's the, the guy who calls the shots and is the leader of the pack. And when one of those guys tries to challenge you, well, what you better do is you better put him in his place. You got to belittle him. You got to figure out, you got to put him beneath you so that you're above him or else, you know, he's going to, you're going to be operating in his frame and blah, blah, blah. Like it goes like insane down that direction. Um, and it's not that there isn't a value to that. There is a time when you do need to establish certain social boundaries, right? So if a boss doesn't know how to stand his ground and keep himself in a superior position of power in his company, well, then he's going to get pushed around. He's going to be wishy-washy. He's not going to be able to be an effective leader, right? There has to be a chain of command in certain scenarios. And there's ways that you can do that that's healthy and effective. Um, but at, at a certain point, you got to know when to push back. And you also got to know when to make friends because maybe instead of fighting with that other alpha and putting him down and defeating him, maybe you should actually just become bros with them. Be friends, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, additionally, with, with women too, like, you know, guys, guys screw this up all the time. They, they screw this up, stuff up all the time. Like this is nice guy syndrome. It's like he just tries to pander to women and he ends up becoming like coming off as weak and unappealing. And that's a uh, quick path to the friend zone and that sort of thing. So finally with the gut, and I'm, I'm kind of focusing a little bit on a bunch of different examples with the gut here because I think this is one of the least understood aspects in a lot of this stuff. And, and when it's explained, it's so bro-y and gross in a lot of ways, but there's, there's truth in it. So 
another piece of it here is your own sense of style, your own sense of individuality, because you're not going to be able to, like, if you just, let's just stick with style, let's stick with clothing. If you just dress yourself with your head, you're going to pick something that's, well, what's everybody else wear? Oh, that's how what everybody else wears? Well, I'm going to wear that too. And you just adopt the uniform of whoever's around you. And that's useful if you're just trying to fit in. But if you're trying to do more, if you're trying to actually be you, the most authentic version of you, well, then you got to be able to listen to something to figure out what do you like, what vibes with you. And a, a strong gut intelligence will help you find your style, your sense of self, where, where you can stand out as the person that you want to be. And, uh, you know, instead of just being like a consumer, essentially, who gets your tastes programmed by the, uh, the powers that be, because that, that'll, that won't turn you into someone cool, I promise. <laughs> so what does this look like in action? Okay, well, the heart, as I was saying, this sets the core direction. You need to have some desire for goodness. That should be your biggest desire. It should be as much good for you and for everyone as possible. And that's the the baseline thing at the center of everything. If you lose that, then I would argue that you are no longer walking the path of the protagonist. You are, at best, walking the path of the antagonist who is going to, going to war with reality. And some people can get a lot of stuff done there. You can generate power that way. I've talked about that. But again, it's not what I recommend. Who wants to live a life fighting the world? What if you can live a life fighting for the world and then with other like-minded people? That's that's really where you're going to find meaning. That's where you're going to find connection with others. You're going to find meaning and fulfillment because you're not going to find meaning and fulfillment with truly selfish endeavors. In the beginning, when you're leveling up from, you know, if you're a younger person or you're someone who's early in your, your self-developmental awakening, sometimes, yes, you do need to focus on yourself, but it should be with ultimately the, the vision of like, well, if I become a better person, well, then I can do better things and I can have better relationships and I can make a, a more positive impact in the world. And guess what? That's where you're going to find your fulfillment. That's where you're going to find meaning because if it's just you at the end of the day, that's not big enough. It's not. Like you need to find something bigger in order, something beyond yourself in order to find uh, satisfaction. And I think most people recognize this, right? And sadly, I think a lot of people only get that after they're super successful. If they do it all, it's like that person who's like a cutthroat jerk, reaches a position of power, is desperately unhappy. Like we hear about this all the time with celebrities who reach these positions that other people would kill for, but then they're deeply depressed, sometimes even like, you know, developing drug addictions or straight up killing themselves because they're just unhappy. And I would argue, not always, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen with mental health and depression, all kinds of shit like that. But like, in general, the reason why people fall into this pattern is because they're disconnected from the heart, right? And so we want to just make sure that's always there. So always check that. Make sure that that should be the first thing you check in any sort of conflict or lack of direction is make sure your heart's in the right place, meaning it's searching, it's honoring the dignity in yourself and other people, and it's looking for that win-win between everyone. And when it's just you and you're trying to figure stuff out, well, then find that win-win between all these sub-personalities, between your head, your heart, and your gut. 
right? And if you can do that, then you're going to be able to find that synergistic alignment, that intersect where everything can, everything can line up and vibe properly. Now, if that's the that's kind of the center, the, the axis upon which all this other stuff orbits around. But from there, then we've got our rationality that kind of helps you sort through what paths are viable. But then we need our gut to tell us which of those viable paths is going to bring us the most power. All right. And what 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 kind of ends up going on is that there's like this tiebreaker sort of scenario that comes about. So, for example, like we we're talking about previously, where it's like if you've got a bunch of equally viable options, go with the one that is exciting to you, that is the most exciting to you, that seems like it hits your gut the most, that ma that makes you feel like, hmm, I think this is the most powerful option. This is something that I had to do recently when I was hiring some people to work with me for Universal Man is I got a bunch of, you know, very qualified applicants and I could have rationally gone with any of them. Some, some of them, the rational argument for them was even was was even stronger than the one I ended up going with. But my gut said, mm, this guy here, he's. He's valuable. He's someone who I should really be listening to and and giving a chance to because I, there's something that I could sense was like, hmm, I like this. There's a vibe here that's very, very useful to me. And you can't go all gut, obviously. Like it has to be a check and balance. Like unless there is a super strong rational argument against something, I would say default to your gut. That is if you if you trust if if you're smart enough, if you feel like you're smart enough, then at that point, just default to the gut. Like if you feel like you know enough about a situation where it's like, all right, I'm not going to learn much more here. There's not much more information I can gather. Then just go where you feel powerful, where you go, where you feel excitement, go where you feel that little, that little rise. All right. And sometimes this requires you to step into fear because the, the gut is interesting in that it gives you power when you step outside of your comfort zone. So one of the things I recommend to guys who are trying to discern their life path or, or girls who are trying to discern their life path is you want to be a little bit scared a lot of times. There should be a little bit of uncertainty because that means that you're venturing into new territory. If you're only ever doing something that you're completely comfortable with, well, then there's not a lot of opportunity there, right? You're just going to get more of the same, more of where you're at. And if you want to stay where you're at, that's fine. But if you're trying to get to the next level, then on some, in some way, you're going to have to be entering into the space of the unknown, right? And so when you enter into the unknown, when you step out of homeostasis, that's when your gut goes, it gets a little stressed. But if you can lean into that, it gives you power, right? This is this is where you want to be the other part of it to be excitement. Okay. So a little bit of fear, like 20% fear, 80% excitement, that's the sweet spot. And if you can be walking that line in your life, then you're going to be doing pretty good. And really, you're just trying to make sure you check all three of these, right? So you can do this anytime. Any situation, trying to decide what career to go down, well, exhaust the rational end, you know, learn all this different shit, like, you know, examine your options, think, you know, do pro and con lists, like map out the different paths, okay? That's not going to tell you exactly what you want. Make sure that, you know, your heart's in the right place, you're aiming for good stuff. And then 
tune into the gut. What's the, what's, what, is your, what do your instincts say? All right. Everybody, I, I feel like in our culture of Google, we've severely devalued our gut. We're always trying to look to Google to give us the answer. We're like, we just want to know what's the one that's going to work for us. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to be a real person. I just want to like be told what to do. And you're just not going to get anywhere like that. Not today. Because guess what? <laughs> Every other person in your situation is also Googling it. And they're also following all the information that they just got. And so it's like, then you have massive competition following these mainline paths. All right. And it's not to say that there isn't value to be found in popular solutions. Sometimes they're perfect and great. But so often, like, like our lives and our circumstances are all so different from each other that if you're unable to like navigate your own personal preferences, interests, strengths, etc., then you're going to get stuck. And so most of that stuff's not going to be like a, a rationally clear you know, this is better, this is worse. And so you got to tune into it. You got to tune into what makes me feel more powerful. And this is a subtle sort of sense if you're not used to, to using it. It's something you'll feel in your body. And the more you tune into this kind of work, the more you tune into uh, paying attention to, to power dynamics, all right, the, the more skilled you will get in this. So like you can watch people. You can watch people who seem to move through life effortlessly, who seem naturally charismatic and um, uh, compelling. See how they behave. A lot of times they're just they're not getting caught up in their head, right? The if you, you can almost think of it like this like the gut is responsible for momentum. And if you can move from your gut, then you're gonna be able to keep moving. Now if that's all you're doing, you'll keep moving but you'll keep moving in a pretty small pond, right? You might become the biggest fish in that pond, but it's, it's just going to be that pond. You're not going to get to another pond just on your gut. It's not equipped for that, okay? So if you combine that with your head, <laughs> that's how you leapfrog into bigger and better ponds and get bigger and better as you move through it. So I'm trying to decide if I want to go, you know what? I'm just going to leave it at this right now. Because I know this isn't super long, isn't a super long talk, but I want to see if you guys are even interested in this kind of stuff before I get more in depth and nerdy in it. Because what we can do even then is we can start talking about the different kinds of conflicts that arise. So what happens when there is a conflict between your head and your heart, or your head and your gut, or your gut and your uh, heart, or you know maybe your head and your heart are on the same page, but your gut is not like. If you guys want to hear about all that stuff, I'm happy to get into it. But the big thing here is I want you to start thinking about yourself as like three people in one because uh, that's really what I think it is. You got three different faculties that we want to be lining up and operating from at any given time. And if you've got any specific questions about this kind of stuff, I'm happy to take them because this is a very interesting topic to me and it seems uh, very important. And I can always plug it into the other stuff we've been talking about as well. But in the meantime, I appreciate all of you guys, uh, your awesome feedback on the podcast. It seems like you guys are enjoying this series so far. And uh, yeah, if you got any other uh, thoughts or, uh, you know, what we could even do something I was thinking about is we could do like a like a radio show almost. The idea would be for me to set up a public 
channel on the the Vanguard, where the Vanguard, if you guys don't know, that's where uh, I I run my private community. But I was thinking about maybe opening one channel up temporarily when I'm running a show, and I could have anybody come in and we could talk about something. And Discord has this cool thing now called Stages, which is similar to like Clubhouse, if you've ever seen that, or just like a really big Zoom call where people can come in and you can hear me talk and then I can just unmute people and talk to you. So if you guys want to brainstorm any cool topic ideas to discuss, I could always do a show like that as well. I think that would be pretty fun. So let me know the things that you would like to have the uh, Mark Quepit community, the, the Mark Quepit metaverse discuss collectively, uh, and we will, we will do a show like that. But in the meantime, my friends, if you're looking for you know, anything to help you out with this kind of stuff, check out the link below to my free guides. I've got a, some really cool stuff in there. If you want to get started quitting porn, which is huge, that'll, that'll clear up a lot of your primal and emotional uh, or your, your gut and heart problems. <laughs> um, if you want to check out the Metascript method, uh, that's a journaling methodology that's really, really powerful for changing your behaviors. And then uh, my anabolic optimism guide. This is one that's a really big brain upgrade, big head upgrade, because it gives you a framework for how to view everything, even your most challenging sort of circumstances as opportunities, even the hardest shit. Actually, the hardest shit's actually the best stuff. So check that out uh, and make sure you like, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. And I'll see you all in the next one. Ooh, yeah.